Welcome to Bethlehem Back Chat, where we talk about the background and backstories of our worship and community as Lutherans. I'm Pastor Dan Smale, Senior Pastor at Bethlehem Lutheran Church in Glenshaw. And I'm Wendy Ferrone, a member here at Bethlehem and producer of the podcast. The topic for today is kind of a walk through the worship service to help make sense of why we sing this, repeat that, say this, and pray about that. Pastor Dan, are you in? Uh, it sounds like quite a walk <laughs> to know. me, and absolutely I am in. I'm actually very, very excited about this topic. There's much to discuss, but truly, if you worship once a month, twice a year, doesn't matter. If you listen to this podcast, it will enrich your worship experience. I absolutely agree. Yeah. It will bring so much understanding. Mm-hmm. That's the point. Okay, so so the bulletin will be placed in the show notes, mm-hmm. and you can link to it, open it up, and take a look as we walk through the podcast, those categories that we walk through. Fantastic. Sounds All great. All right. So I was reading an article by Susan White called Foundations of Christian Worship, and uh, the author broke down the major elements of a worship service, and it, it really, it's not just Lutheran no, that No, absolutely this. not. I mean, and actually, to be honest, you don't have to be denominational yes. at all to have a sense of liturgy that unfolds in your service. Perfect, yeah. perfect. So, it sparked my interest, and I did some searching about the way the ELCA specifically mm-hmm. um, way of doing our worship was done, and so I thought it'd be interesting to kind of explain the background of some of the things that we repeat we have a dialogue back and forth at right, times, right. Uh, why we say things the way we do, why we sing certain short songs, and how the hymns are chosen, exactly. and all of those things. None of it's by accident. I know. None of it is by accident. Yeah. And there's meaning embedded with every Everything. single element of yeah. the worship service. That's yeah. why I think this is just a wonderful idea to Good. tackle this topic. And a great time. When this podcast lands, we will be in the heart of the fall the height of the programmatic year, gearing up for the holidays, Advent, Christmas. It's the perfect time to have this conversation. It is. Because regardless of the season, Mm -hmm. other than throwing a baptism in there, we follow the same format. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. All right. So I'm excited about this. Let's uh, take a walk through a typical worship service at church. Okay. Um, Again, download the bulletin if you're listening and want to follow along to see how this all connects. And we're going to discuss why those parts are there and and what they mean. I'm going to throw in a little trivia along the way. Okay, go ahead. Well, not I can't promise I'm going to get these right, but (laughs) I will give it a whirl and have some fun with it. Okay, that's good. All right. So the four major categories then are gathering. Yes. The word, mm-hmm. the meal. Exactly. And finally, we have the sending. Right on. Always. So you get four pillars of worship that drive the rhythm of 95% of our worship services. And you can look for those signposts along the way. And Excellent. each one of those have different elements, mm-hmm. but each one of those enhance our experience of worship, of community, yeah. and of our ability to experience God's presence in worship. That's important. Mm -hmm. That's important. We're not just gathering to do our thing. To To say you went to church on Sunday. To check the box and say, hey, I fulfilled all these requirements. I went through all four steps, just like Pastor Dan told me. I am, no, that's not. (laughs) These are structured in such a way that you really can bask in God's goodness and grace as you gather for worship. 
This may take uh, two sections. Fine by me. Okay, yeah. fine by me too. Mm-hmm. Allow yourself the gift of being engaged. And, and when, one thing that I noticed that, that you do at the beginning, everybody settles in, we do announcements, and then you say, there's a, there's a purposeful pause, and you say, let's prepare our hearts and minds for worship. Yeah. What is a person supposed to do? I mean, what, how do you do that, prepare your heart and mind for worship? Now, obviously, I think it looks a little different for everybody. Okay. But let me offer a couple of words here uh, that might get us in a place where we can entertain that kind of commentary. Let us prepare our hearts and our minds for worship. Mm-hmm. Now, you're at a stage in your life where you could likely set the alarm, get up for church, have your breakfast, be very excited about the morning, and quick drive, and you're here. Now, there might have been a season in your life where you had to get a couple of kids ready, Right? <laughs> They can't find their shoes. <laughs> they can't find their shoes. <laughs> We're running late. Somebody left the light on in their car last night. <laughs> no. You know what I'm saying. I do. It's Sunday morning. Everybody's just a little bit grumpy about getting up. So there's a certain kind of rush to the morning. We got to get there. Mm-hmm. We got to get everybody in the car, everybody looking their best for church. Everybody have something in their tummy for the morning. So there's all of that excitement, sometimes stress in preparation for church. By the time you get here, you might not be in the best frame of mind. So that little reminder, sincerely, that little reminder gives us an opportunity to take a deep breath and say, I'm here now. Yes. Let me put behind me all the arguments with the kids, you know, whether or not I turned off the toaster oven. Let me put that behind me for just the next 60 minutes or so so that I can truly appreciate and engage in what is about to unfold. So it very much is that deep breath moment nice, where we reorient our intention. Now, part B, I think it's also wise, if you're listening to this podcast, to at some point during the prelude, as our organist Laura does a beautiful job playing that prelude, Mm -hmm. at some point during that prelude, ask yourself, What are my expectations? What's going on in my spirit that needs tended to? What are my prayer concerns this week? Do I expect to encounter the very presence of God at some point in the next hour? Ask those questions, and I guarantee you will have a different experience of worship. It'll be anticipatory as opposed to obligatory. Absolutely. And that's important. Yeah. We are there to join with one another in a moment of praise and thanksgiving that stands in response to God's activity in our lives. Mm -hmm. And that activity will unfold in powerful and significant ways during that time together. Okay? If if you understand understand. how the flow of the worship is. If you go to the beach, you're going to walk down by the seashore. Feel the sand between your toes, look out at the horizon, listen to the waves, because that's your expectation. And if you're on vacation, you're going to enjoy every single minute Mm. of that. You're going to enjoy it so much, you'll be moved to write a postcard, right? To a friend about how glorious it is. Yeah. The same kind of thing can happen in worship. Beautiful. Yeah. Who knew? I'm just, I I don't know, know, but I'm telling you, it's worth thinking through. Especially, you know, Wendy, you and I have been at this for a while, right? Over four years. You know, well, the podcast, yeah, but I mean, even worship. I mean, sincerely, think about how long we have been 
attending worship services that look similar. Mm. Right? There's some continuity between when we started and where we are today. Yes, absolutely. There's some different hymns and different liturgical settings and all this kind of, but it's, you know what I mean? So it's easy to to just get into this rhythm where we think we know what to expect, but we shouldn't do that. And to quit paying attention. Right. Yeah. So that's that's that. You're talking about the gathering, right? That moment when we make that announcement to prepare our hearts and minds. That's right. That's what that's and all I, about. And I love the prelude idea. We probably should post that right in there. Ask yourself these questions. Mm-hmm. Well, I, <laughs> yeah. it, it won't hurt. I think that's wonderful. It won't hurt. Okay. Mm. All right. So the whole idea there is to just kind of shake off anything mm-hmm. that occurred before the door, right? You yeah. walk into the sanctuary and truly utilize the sanctuary as a place of sanctuary, a place Amen. of peace and calm. Yeah. And be yeah. present. And be present. By the way, interestingly enough. That spans all kinds of religious experience. True, yeah. mm -hmm, That notion of being present Mm. in the now and savoring what's unfolding in this moment. Yep. Right? Not projecting down the road whether or not I'm going to get a table at Eden Park. Right? Not feeling guilty about what you said to the child about their socks before service. (laughs) You know, truly just savoring that time. I like the saying, keep your head and your feet in the same place. Yeah. Be present where you are. Beautiful. Yeah. Okay. So then after this prelude, mm-hmm. we have something called confession and forgiveness. Oh, here we go. I know, right? Yeah. And you begin with, blessed be the Holy Trinity. Mm-hmm. And you form your hand in a special shape. Yes. You have your, if I'm doing it, our listeners can't see it, <laughs> but you have your pinky finger and your ring finger touching your thumb. Yeah. And it, you make the sign of the cross that way. So what is the significance of that hand formation? It can mean a couple different things depending okay. on your tradition, actually. Okay. In some traditions, um, folks contend that it forms the first two letters of Jesus Christus. So it's a sign of the Christ. Okay. In other uh, traditions, um, the way your fingers come together and your hand is held, it signifies the fullness of the Trinity. Listen, whatever. I can tell you that Mm -hmm. there are certain intentional things we do with our hands, gestures throughout the worship service that point beyond the person that is presiding to the God that is residing in that sanctuary. Nice. Um, That's the best way to look at it. If you want to look at it as a symbol of the Trinity or of Christ, you can't go wrong. Both are representations of our God. That we are calling people to behold in that moment. Yes. Yeah. Good question. That's fun. Thanks. I didn't expect that kind of trivia, but that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it gets better. Okay, good. good. So we recognize that God is a God of mercy and forgiveness mm-hmm. in this section. And here we take on the posture of kneeling. Yeah, during the confession. That's right. Right. But I found something interesting. We say, we confess that sin still has a hold on us. Why do we say we when I can't be responsible for your sins? Um. Well... Kind of. It's <laughs> what an you int- do? It's an, no, it, it, it's an interesting nuance. Yes. Sincerely, that's an awesome question. It's an interesting nuance. As Lutheran Christians, this might be distinctive to mm-hmm. us to some degree, but as Lutheran Christians, we participate in what we call a corporate confession, yes. a confession of the body, you with me, us with everyone else. Now, there certainly is an individual element to that moment of confession, to the extent that 
believe it or not, we allow for a time of silence Mm -hmm. when we can consider our own need to be accountable to God, right? And our own misgivings and shortcomings and failings. But that confession, the spoken confession, is made corporately. And we, in fact, do share in acknowledging our collective accountability, Yeah. right? The way in which we participate systemically in falling short of the glory of God. That is so important because we often get so caught up in our own, um, oh, I did this and I did that and I'm sorry for that. But the idea is those, even those things impact the people around us. Yeah. And those people around us, of course, then add to this the idea of gathering Mm-hmm. And we bring all of our sins together to a table and say, we are all sinners. Yeah. Well, we're in it together. Yes. And this is one of those, again, recognize the significance. Yeah. This is one of those moments in the service where we can say, we are sharing in this. And I have to have the maturity to acknowledge that my mistakes might in the long run actually affect Wendy. Absolutely. Do you see, right? And then, because we share in the corporate confession... We share in a moment of absolution. Mm -hmm. So yes, the forgiveness that is spoken by the presiding minister is for me individually, but is at the same time for the community as a whole. Is that awesome? Yes. (laughs) Because now the celebration, the realization of forgiveness, the celebration of God's grace in our lives is collective and not isolated. So there's one right there. Well, and to good. be perfectly honest with you, we could go on for another 10 minutes about the dynamics of corporate confession, corporate, corporate confession. absolution, um, mm-hmm. what it means to be a body of Christ. So churchy word you've mentioned twice, absolution. Mm-hmm. Yeah, forgiveness. 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 That's another word for yes. ab- uh, forgiveness. And, okay. and absolution is it's typically a forgiveness spoken by a representative of the divine. So okay. your your presiding minister, your pastor, your preacher, mm-hmm. your priest, um, if you participate in this kind of worship, will stand in front and speak the words of forgiveness over you, not on their own behalf. I don't want to mm-hmm. make that mistake. Not mm-hmm. on their own behalf, but on behalf of Christ. Pretty important to be called as an ordained minister. It is. Huh? It is. Yeah. I mean, because your your task and your role is a serious one. Very. Yeah. And a sacred one. And a sacred one. Absolutely. Because that forgiveness is real. We are communicating to those people who are gathered a very real and felt freedom that is to empower them, not just for service, but as a matter of fact, and maybe we'll get to this, but to empower them for the moments of worship that that lie ahead. Sure. Yeah. So any distance that might be present between the individual or the community and the divine in that moment of absolution gets tended to in a very real way. So that there's no longer a distance. That the people in God have been reconciled in such a way that there's a certain intimacy that's going to unfold in that time of worship. So it's no mistake that we do that at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Because we want to take care of first things first. So we can open up, right, this glorious moment of joy. So if you get to the table and and the husband and wife are mad at one another and they haven't spoken since morning because something they said, right? (laughs) Uh How well is that dinner going to go if they can't have a conversation and offer some forgiveness? Not well. Not well. Mm -hmm. How well is worship going to go if we're mad at all of our neighbors at church and and disappointed with God's activity in our lives and feeling like God's disappointed in us? You see what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah. So it it kind of gives us a... um, And I apologize. I get fired up about this stuff, but it's just just so, so So important to understand what's going on. We are... 
are made whole again. Amen. Fresh yeah. start. Do over. <sighs> Fresh start. That's so, and, and you have to let the baggage go. All those feelings of insignificance and insecurity, unworthiness, unworthiness, and, it yeah. has to go. Wow. So that you can enter fully into that time of worship. So that you can focus on the God who brings this grace into your life and not on your own sense of shame and guilt. It's, yes. it's only going to hinder your worship and relationship with the divine. When we sing the song, now next after the confession and mm -hmm. forgiveness, mm -hmm. then and we kneel and we say, um, we confess, right? Yeah, yeah. That it still has a hold on us. Mm -hmm. And beloved God, your sins are forgiven. That totally is my favorite part that mm -hmm. we just talked about. But then we have a gathering song. And in this case, O oh God, beyond all praising, we worship you today, is what it says in this case. And this for this particular week of worship, in that hymn. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. So there it is. That hymn was chosen because of the, the lyrics within it. Yeah. As it aligns with the readings and it aligns with the, the spoken word, and it all links together. It does all link together. And if you would go into our hymnal, you would see a whole section of hymns. And the the heading on all these hymns, they're, certainly they're titled, but the heading on all these hymns is Gathering Hymns. Nice. Because we know that the, the lyrics speak to that moment of us coming together yeah. as a renewed body. Yes. And it's going to facilitate the worship that's about to take shape. So yeah. listen to those. Here, We're going to get to the prayer of the day. But the gathering song, the sending song, the hymn of the day, listen to those lyrics. Yeah. Just take it, we're talking about taking a deep breath and focusing on what the content of worship is. If all you can get through is two verses and pay attention, do two verses, but yeah. listen to the words. Yeah. And you'll hear a kind of re-articulation of what's just unfolded. But more importantly, those hymns provide a kind of strand that ties everything together from the beginning of worship to the end. It, yeah. Think of it as a clothesline. Right? Sure. The, the content of the hymns and the prayers, they're this clothesline upon which we're going to hang all of these different elements of worship. And it holds mm -hmm. it all up. It holds it all up and keeps it in line. Yes. So that we can behold it, as it, as it in its entirety, as a whole. And everything has a meaning, a mm -hmm. connection, and a purpose. Yeah, there's nothing throwaway. No. Like, we're just, we'll just sing this for the fun of it. No. No. Even the prayer of the day. Listen to the, it's mm -hmm. short, it's sweet, but the prayer of the day will capture the theme yes. that has been generated by the lessons that have been signed in the lectionary. Well, see, I, that is so important to understand because I think some folks may look at it and think we say the same thing every every time. <laughs> oh, you're right. That's yeah. the point I'm yeah. trying to make is, yeah. oh, but we're not. Right. The framework remains, mm -hmm. but the content is changed and purposefully. Yeah. And uh, in the old days, and I say old days, I'm talking like 70s, 80s, <laughs> in the old days, um, it could be when we were, um, you know, when we were blessed with a hymnal, mm -hmm. you might have three settings in that hymnal. In the old green hymnal, there's a ton of settings. What do you mean by settings? Liturgical settings. So, they, so, so like, like you could try part one or you could try... Part setting one, setting oh, okay. two, setting three. The, just like you're talking about, the form is the same. They okay. all have the, the gathering, mm -hmm. the word, the meal, and the sending. Mm -hmm. But the different elements, the prayers, the responses, the gospel acclamation, they might have different music, okay. musical tunes. They might have different words, right? Um, so you had these different settings. When Back in the old days, you might 
have two or three settings that your congregation used mm-hmm. year in and year out and year in. So there was some predictability there. But now with the advent of thematic seasonal settings, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. your offering prayer changes probably four or five times a year. Oh, sure. The words of institution change four or five times a year. The prayers of intercession, the prayers of the church change every single week. Yeah. Your confession and absolution changes four or five times a year. Yeah. They're different themes. Those are generated by great groups within the national church that are working to enliven worship. So there's very little predictability, very little. You have to be on the lookout for what's coming. There's just enough time for you to settle in and feel like it's your own. But just about the time you're doing that, there's going to be a little shift and you're going to have to re-engage. Yes. And let it touch your spiritual imagination in a new way. Figure it out. Nice. Yeah. All right, so still in this section of gathering, mm-hmm. this, is, this is a lot that, of, a lot of okay. stuff going yeah, on in the gathering, about. huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, we next have the apostolic greeting where we say, and this is, this does it, I'm not sure if this stays the same, but um, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And we automatically say, and also with you. Right. Which, of course, comes from Star Wars. <laughs> The force be with you. Exactly. And also with and also you. And also with you. So, but um, that apostolic greeting, that's something that will likely remain the same. Yeah. There are little variations every once mm-hmm. in a while, but that's a standard greeting that comes to us from the Christian tradition embedded mm-hmm. within Scripture and is a sacred kind of greeting that we share with one another with regularity. Yes. Um, so for sure, now you see this interaction, this is important, between the leader of worship and those who are worshiping. So these moments of call and response, the Lord be with you and you would naturally, it's automatic. It is. And also with you. you. Because we want to share in that. It's a work that we are joined in together, this moment of worship. Mm -hmm. It's not just some solitary, charismatic personality persona up front that's going to drive this whole thing. Not in our context. Yes. It doesn't work that way. Uh, We will participate in this worship together. Enthusiasm between the leader and the congregation should be matched. The joy should be shared. The energy should be electric, right? In, in, In the sense that there's a connection that's being realized between the leader of worship and those who are in the pews. Yes, yes. But that's indicative in this moment where you have the apostolic greeting that's shared and then the beautiful response from the congregation. It lets the leader know. We're listening. We're listening. Wow. Okay. So then we have this thing called the hymn of praise, and we're still in the gathering part. We are. It's called the doxology, mm-hmm. which means uh, words of praise. So what I'm noticing is we have been forgiven of the sins we brought to the sanctuary. Right. Right. And now we're singing a praise hymn, which is thanksgiving for forgiving us or freeing us of our bondage right in sin well as i was researching this i thought oh duh that makes so much sense absolutely because it's a real (laughs) it's the think about scripturally like just for the in the book of exodus for example Uh as soon as the people of god make it through the red sea what's the first thing that moses does what's the first thing that miriam does probably praise they say exactly they burst into song yeah so it's natural once we realize this deliverance yeah. this freedom in our lives it's natural for us mm-hmm. as children of god as people of god to immediately yeah. respond in this hymn of praise now again it's one thing to kind of stand there in the pew and mutter through this and 
you know, yada, 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 hallelujah. If you want to, fine, God bless you. But the energy that you use to sing this hymn should be reflective of the gratitude that you have for realizing grace, forgiveness, and renewal and redemption in your life. It's an an amazing. The words start with glory to God in the highest and peace to God's people on earth. The idea is glory to God for forgiveness and the do-over and the opportunity to be free from sin. And think about where some of that language is embedded in the moment of incarnation. Mm. So you hear that kind of praise at Christmas time yes. from yeah. the angels, right? Uh-huh. From the shepherds. Yep. And even we could stretch it when the wise men come to pay homage. There's an adoration there. Mm. They want their praise to reach God in the highest heaven because they realize that something significant has taken shape in the yes. world, in and through God. The same applies, right? So I know those words. We should know them, right? Because they're an expression of this deep, deep gratitude that we should know in these moments. Mm -hmm. And hey, it's not just that we've been forgiven. It's not just that we have realized the presence of God in our lives. This is the perfect opportunity to look around and say, thanks be to God that I'm here. Right. Look at these people around me. Look at this beautiful sanctuary. This look at, place and look the, at this place and the freedom yeah, that we enjoy absolutely. to be able to gather so freely and excitedly and enthusiastically, right? All of it is worthy of praise. Absolutely. Because all of it is driven by God's goodness. Yes. Yeah. So I'm beginning to see this little flow. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The flow here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we enter the sanctuary. We get quiet. We shake off the world outside. We get rid of any baggage or sin that we brought mm-hmm. in through confession and forgiveness. And in turn, we give praise and thanks to God's grace Amen. and Mercy. That's a perfect characterization that what of what happens in that, that first gives chunk. me the chills. Yeah, and I'm the, thinking, yeah. oh, you know, that that's just amazing. And just me. but don't wait, don't, don't, don't forget the prayer of the day. Okay. Because you you remember we talked about we this. We did. Yeah, you, you get through that Fill me in. hymn of praise, and then you're gonna get the prayer of the day. And it that's, sounds like soup of the day. Every time well, I hear prayer of the day, I think prayer oh. du jour. <laughs> Oh, today we're having chicken noodle. Okay. Yeah, and it kind of is that way. Um, if you you know if you go on Netflix now or Amazon Prime and and you're surfing around on a Friday evening and and you want to watch something, there's this like little delightful trailer button that you can push and it'll give you a preview. Oh sure. And then you can decide. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm not into that kind of thing. Or oh, that sounds fantastic, right? Or sometimes like the previews just give all the good jokes and the comedy, and then you don't have to watch it at all. <laughs> right. But yeah. uh, it, it wouldn't hurt to see the prayer of the day in that light. Hmm. It's a kind of trailer. Nice. It's a kind of preview that allows you to get a sense of what is coming. Here's what we're going to celebrate today. Here's what we're going to see God up to today. Here's going to be the outcome of our transformation. Here's the call to service and whatever, but you're going to get a sense of what to expect in the moments to come. And guess what? What? We move right into the word. Exactly. Exactly. So you get the yes. you get the trailer. Yes. And then you get the content. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So we move into the word which we get from electionary out of Vanderbilt, which is commonly used it's in a three year cycle. Mm-hmm. And we get to experience and hear and engage with um 
a, a good chunk of the Bible. Yes, 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 yes. So if you're, you've been here three years, you've had the lectionary A, B, and C of the first, second, and third year, and you've really been engaged with a, a large chunk of the Bible. Yeah, and the last thing I want to do is interrupt you. But let me just say but this. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but you're going to anyway. Yeah, a couple, things I wanna, a couple things that I want to lift up. Yeah. Um, this revised common lectionary that mm-hmm. we are invested in, mm-hmm. a number of different denominations are invested in either the same mm-hmm. or a lectionary that is very, very similar. Now, the cool thing about this is it kind of joins us together as Christians. Mm-hmm. So you could be, theoretically, you could be at lunch after worship and have the Lutherans at one table, the United Methodists at another table, the Episcopalians at another table, the Roman Catholics at another table, and you could all meet up at the breakfast buffet and end up having a fantastic conversation about the same bits of Scripture. is that wonderful? It is. And we lose sight of that, right? We Why do. would we do something? Because... It joins us with these other expressions of Christianity. It gives us an opportunity to share, not only in those kinds of conversations, but, hey, what was your sermon about today? Mm -hmm. Right? There's Mm -hmm. this beautiful multi-layered experience that's available to us. Um, Furthermore, lots of folks say, I'm not that good at the Bible, Pastor. I, I I haven't read a whole lot of the Bible. And I stop them immediately and I say, look, I know you. And the reason I know you is because I've seen you for the last five, six years, you've missed a total of four Sundays over that span of time. Do you understand that while you didn't sit down and start with page one of Genesis and wrap up with the last page of Revelation? Don't. That's a horrible way to read the that Bible. Is a hor- <laughs> you've got a significant chunk of Scripture. That's right. And if you've even halfway paid attention, you Good. do have a sense of what's going on. Absolutely. You do have a well to draw from. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's also important. And then finally, one last thing I promise. <laughs> The other the other thing that the lectionary does for us is prohibit Pastor Dan from predetermining the moment of proclamation. That's right. So I don't get to wake up on Monday and say, you know what, this congregation needs to hear. A, they a need lesson to, on uh, fly fishing that's and exactly, Subaru that's driving. That's exactly right. Yeah. They, they need a good <laughs> dose of humility around here. So I'm going to go to my concordance and I'm going to look up every passage on humility. I'm going to string that together and really hammer them. Yeah, no. right, no. Nope. Here are the texts. You tend to those. Easy and difficult ones. Don't don't have the preacher speak. Let's see how God is speaking to the preacher. Nice. Love it. And then let's see how that preacher might communicate that message to that particular context. Perfect. To that particular congregation. Um, I'm not saying one is better or worse. I'm just saying there are definitely distinctive values, right, that are taking shape here that can bless a community. Absolutely. Yeah. And then we move. It's kind of a little break between what our lector reads, Mm -hmm. and um, they read usually an an Old Testament and then a psalm. We have a dialogue with the psalm, which is really nice with the congregation. Again, participation, shared participation. Oh, that's right. That's right. Mm -hmm. And a New Testament. And then there's a... um, what would you what do you call it? A little tune, but like gospel t- acclamation. Okay, the because gospel tune acclamation. just doesn't sound like it. It's very oh, you, churchy. You want to call it the gospel tune? We'll call. It, we'll change it today. <laughs> <laughs> so this gospel um, acclamation, a beautiful words, the alleluia. Some mm-hmm. folks call it, but that alleluia part is great. But my favorite part 
if you know the background, is, Lord, to whom shall we go? Mm-hmm. You have the words of eternal life. Of eternal life. And you're going to hear them. That's right. Here you're, they come. Here they come. Fasten your seatbelt. You just prepare yourself because yeah. here comes the good news. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And the part I like about that is it's like, well, you have this, 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 and this. Who do you choose? And you say, Lord, to whom shall we go? I mean, why would we go to anybody else? This you is our Savior. have the words of this eternal is, life. This is That's the right. way, the truth, and the life. That's right, it. Right. Yeah. This is the very incarnate God who walked in the dust of Nazareth and Galilee and Jerusalem mm-hmm. and shared God's wisdom with God's people. Mm-hmm. Here it comes. And the gospel, um, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, mm-hmm. it's going to be one of those four books is where the scripture right. comes from for, for the purpose of um, the sermon. So we have the acclamation. Mm-hmm. Acclamation comes from a Hebrew word meaning praising God. So we're still in the praise sure. kind of side of things. Yeah. And, and then once we settle in, we hear the gospel read. And the pastor always reads the gospel. Yeah, most of the time. Most of the time. Most of the time. I mean, okay. Every once in a while. I mean, there's always exceptions, but most of the time. Okay. Yeah. And then the sermon. Well, yes. we have the children's sermon. Yeah, that's important. I mean, I guess we yeah. should pause there. Let's, um, let's do it. Yeah. Some traditions may embrace that children's message, children's sermon time. Some may not. Um, it has been our practice to invite our little ones forward. Mm-hmm. to gather there in the chancel, not far from the altar. The chancel is the... The very front. The po- okay, mm-hmm. so it's the, the part inside the, the rail, in yeah, other words. The front of the sanctuary, okay. the very front, yes. Okay. There we share with one another some conversation about the gospel. And again, there may be some who say, why don't you just get up there, tell these kids what they need to hear, and get them going. Mm-hmm. That is not, that's not, we don't do, we take our time. We take our time. Part. If they mm-hmm. have something to say we listen listen because i think there's something important not only about establishing a certain level of comfort but also affirming these little ones and having them understand that their presence is valued absolutely they it's been said a thousand times but it bears saying again they are not the future of the church they are the, the church. church. That's right. And if they are here, we should honor them. Yeah. Yeah. So that is, for sure, that's a part of our worship. And I love that they're up front mm-hmm. because watching them is adorable. But I love the idea that they aren't afraid of the altar. No. They're not afraid of sitting next to a pastor. Correct. They, you know, some of them just put their hands on your lap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lean yeah. on you it's or their something place. like that. Or pastor it's, Ellen, it's yeah. their place. It's their I congregation. Love that. Uh, we are their pastors as much as we are the pastor of the person who's in the hospital this week. That's right. I mean, this is this is the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and quite frankly, we we don't know how the spirit is working. Right. Whether or not you know one of these children of God is already sensing a call. Sure. Uh, to one degree or another, right? Mm-hmm. What what is it? What's the message that we we send them? Yeah. What's their understanding of church? What's been their experience? Is it yeah. the glare when they drop their Lego? No. You know, because as an adult, they're going to drop the metaphorical Lego. Mm-hmm. How do we <laughs> handle all that? Right? Yeah. Right? How do we handle all that? I love that little, the buzz. I love the kid starting to whimper, and I love to hear the, you know, the noise and, and the 
the clinking of toys and things in the back. They're in the sanctuary, and they are listening and enjoying each other that time. Mm -hmm. But you're right. I I like the idea. They just get to acclimate to that space. And I know it's probably going to annoy some people, but it it doesn't bother me. Uh um, If you, you know, the Audubon Society, they'll set aside this whole tract of land, and they'll be intentional about having the wildflowers come. Mm -hmm. And, and the brush come. And you can walk to the edge of that Audubon Society sanctuary that somebody has set aside and cultivated. And it sounds like you're at the aviary. <laughs> I mean, yeah. the, the, the bird. Yes, the cacophony of birdsong. <laughs> yeah. That's the perfect word mm-hmm. of birdsong is overwhelming. Yeah. Yes. But that birdsong is indicative of that area's health as an habitat. My contention is when you hear the Legos and the markers and the matchbox, that is a sound that accompanies a healthy habitat for ministry. Agreed. So according to the ELW, Mm -hmm. we reference that as the ELW, but it's the Evangelical Lutheran Worship. worship. It's a hymnal. Yeah, Yeah, the the Red Book, or do we call it the Cranberry? It is the Cranberry Book because there used to be a Red Book. Okay, before the green one? Before the green one. Okay. Yeah, the green was the LBW, (laughs) the Lutheran Book of Worship. And there was a little blue book called the, well, it was a supplement kind of, with one voice. Got it. And then we went to Cranberry. Okay. Colors are important, they are. I guess. They All right. Help us distinguish. <laughs> so on page 92 in that little book mm-hmm. there, it says, God speaks to us in scripture, reading, preaching, and song. So I guess we should pay close attention to those lessons. Yeah. And, and for us, it's not just the text. You know, Lutheran Christians will tell you, even the moment of proclamation, the homily or the sermon, is a manifestation of God's Word. Right. That's not to say that your, your preacher, your pastor, is some kind of, you know, phenomenal prophet or seer. You know, and that's not what we're saying. <laughs> what we are saying is that the Spirit is powerful enough to transform that very human moment of proclamation into something astounding. And you don't have to hang on every word. Mm-hmm. There may be a phrase that invites you into contemplation and, and takes you down a trail that you know, you know, you're daydreaming for four or five minutes of the sermon. I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing. Even yeah. as a preacher, I don't mm-hmm. think that that's a bad thing. I mm-hmm. think we have to allow the Spirit to work on us the way the Spirit wants um, and understand that that moment of preaching, it's a complex moment. Mm-hmm. You may have... In our particular situation, 250, 300 people, 350 people a week that will consume the content of that sermon. It is impossible for me to sit in my office on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday and craft a bit of rhetoric that will reach every single person in their particular need. But amazingly, through the power of the Spirit, I'll craft that piece of rhetoric, and the Spirit finds a way to use it, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. For many, many folks. Yes. Um, and that's really, that's what we are relying upon, and I just want to impress that upon people. This is not about Pastor Dan telling another joke. This is not yeah. about Pastor Ellen coming up with a really creative sermon. This is about creating this space in which the Spirit can work mm-hmm. to draw you closer to the God who loves you, so that you can experience that love in a more impactful way. 
That's yeah. what a sermon is all about. It's beautiful. Yeah. And it's followed by the hymn of the day. Yeah. So the hymn of the day isn't chosen just by happenstance no, either. Same deal, right? It's going to connect. Yeah. It's going to connect. So it mm-hmm. serves kind of as a bridge yes. between, um, well, we're not done yet, but it, <laughs> the, the, from the sermon, and then we go into... But it is, it, that's a, no, that's good. I think I like that. That's a, it is, it's a bridge. It's a, it is it's a, a bridge. It's a pivot point. It is. Yeah. You're right. So then we go into the Apostles' Creed in this case. Statement of faith. Yeah. And again, we have a few creeds. We have the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed, the Athanasian Creed. We accept all of those. We won't recite or utilize the Athanasian Creed in worship, typically. It's too long. It doesn't happen. Uh, But the Apostles' Creed and the Nicene Creed are historic statements of faith that give us the opportunity to remind ourselves of the fundamentals. You know, if you're coaching, yeah. right? If you're, I don't care if it's football or softball or does, baseball, does, if your team has a bad game, mm-hmm. what's the, the next practice? What are you going to hear from the coach? Mm-hmm. We got to get back to the fundamentals. fundamentals. And, and yeah. when we confess our faith in the words of those creeds, we are returning to the fundamentals. Here's the foundation, right, upon which we are building this faith. Yes. It won't hurt us to recite that every single week. Yes. It, it absolutely will not. So I'm glad you brought that up. And, and here's the part that. I love. I get questions on this often. I just could not convince my mother, why do we say the Holy Catholic Church? Small c. I know. Yeah. She didn't understand that. And and I, I quit arguing with her. But I <laughs> Some translations of the Creed actually just leave it as Christian Church. Cataholos, of the whole. Of the whole, yes. 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 Mm -hmm. So when you see that small c, that doesn't mean the tradition of Roman Catholic or Catholic Mm -hmm. tradition. It means... We love them, too. We love them, too. The group of folks. But really, we're talking about the church universal. Yes. That's exactly right. So then... We go through um, to the prayers of intercession. Th- yeah. This is usually what the assistant would offer. Mm-hmm. This is where we really get into what's happening right now at present. Yes. And we focus on, we need to pray for the people of Ukraine. We need to... Well, um, there's there's a formula. There is. I mean, there's a formula Good. to this. Okay. Uh, um, that, that again, if you're paying attention... Uh, you'll pick up right away, right? You have the introductory statement. Again, there's some space for silence. And you just take that opportunity to really reach heavenward, right? God, here's something that I want to offer up to you. And you have a prayer for the environment. You have a prayer for the church. For the church. You have a prayer for uh, the governmental political realm, Mm -hmm. you know, the earthly kingdom. You have a prayer for those who are in need. You have a prayer. And then in many cases, I I don't want to get ahead of myself, in many cases, you just open it up. Mm. There's a space in this as other intercessions may be offered here. So the pressing concerns, the news that has developed over the course Mm. of the last week, maybe the congregation suffered a significant loss, right? There's space for that. But then you're going to pray for the saints that have gone before you Mm. and left you this legacy. Mm. And then, of course... Um, wrap it up with a, a concluding petition. But there is a rhythm there. We're trying to cover our bases. That I yeah. didn't really notice until you walked me through that. Yeah. I didn't realize. I just thought, yeah, oh, pay attention. Just, pay, they, they, seriously, <laughs> I'm not giving you a hard time. It's, no. it's beautiful. Yeah. And, and it's beautiful because you have the rhythm, and yet you will see week in and week out these very, very artful expressions of yeah. prayer. Yes. They're capturing the same theme. They're addressing the same concern, 
But one is as beautiful as the next. It is. Yeah. And I I guess I didn't realize that we cover those in need and community and the nations, Mm -hmm. the well-being of the earth and and, um, formula Mm -hmm. to that. Mm -hmm. Well, now I do. Well, there you go. That's why we do this. I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then we offer the peace, which is really cool um, because we get to, like, show the peace sign like we did in the 70s. That's exactly right. peace be with you. Right. There it is. (laughs) We used to shake hands. We used to. You used to shake. People are getting back a, to that. Give right. a hug. Yeah, folks Which are getting somebody, back to that. Yeah, mm-hmm. handshakes and the hugs. But you know, way back, way back, it was not peace sign. It was not hug. It was not handshake. It was smooch. A kiss on the cheek. Yeah, the kiss of peace. Yes. Yeah. So what's the intention behind that? Peace be with you. Yeah, we're realizing the reconciliation. The, the reconciliation that we shared with God mm-hmm. is now shared with our neighbor. Nice. This goes back to the, remember the couple I mentioned getting ready for their dinner? Yes. Offering some forgiveness before they dig in. Mm-hmm. Um, very much like that. So this is, it has, to be fair, it has morphed into a moment of, of fellowship for the most sure. part. It's a sure. chance for us to kind of say hello and greet one another. Mm-hmm. But it is more than that. Passing of the peace is the opportunity for the faithful to be reconciled to one another. You should not be carrying some kind of grudge up to that altar rail. Nice. You should be free of that kind of thing. And that means that during that passing of the peace, that you share that expression of grace and forgiveness. Mm. Um, and, and I often, I will say that, you know, as I, if I'm leading worship any, any given Sunday, I will say something like that. The peace of the Lord be with you always, the congregation, just like we talked about before. And also this, with you. And also with you, there's this lovely response. And then I invite the congregation, please share with one another a sign of God's grace mm-hmm. and peace. Because the, the peace, the shalom, the wholeness mm-hmm. often grows out of the grace and forgiveness that we share with one another. It's really hard to give somebody a hug mm-hmm. when you're fighting with them. Yes. There's something about that hug that kind of, we're okay, we can talk later. Yeah. You know, just that kind of, of thing. Just, instead of like the warm embrace, just like a quick pat on the back. <laughs> yes. But, but it's better than... Nothing. That's right. Right? It's better than pretending like, oh, we're not a human community. We don't have any problems. <laughs> you know? We're perfect here. That's I don't exactly. Know about you. No, but yeah. it's, it's, so that's a beautiful, beautiful moment yes. in the course of the worship service. And it prepares us then to be in communion. That's you right. You see, we're talking about how yeah. all this is tied together. Flowing together. You're, you're going to be in communion with God when you receive right, the sacrament, but you are also in communion with the rest of the body because of the reconciliation that you've shared. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. After the passing of the peace. Yeah. We go into a new category, a new area, and yeah, which is the meal. Gears. Yeah. yeah, we shift so gears. So we've covered there. the gathering. Yes. We've covered the word. Correct. And we're heading into the meal. All right. Mm-hmm. So at the very beginning, we talk about of the meal section, we mm-hmm. talk about the offering prayer. Right. So um, what, what do we talk about there in particular? The offering prayer is very, very important. Sometimes it's led by a lay assistant. Sometimes it's prayed in unison. Mm-hmm. Depends. Mm-hmm. Either way is great. Mm-hmm. But... That is the moment in the worship service where we verbally articulate our gratitude Hmm. for God's gifts and acknowledge that every good thing that we have is not a result of our personal achievement and accomplishment. And our good works. It's It's, not. It is a gift gift. that has been granted to us and entrusted to us to steward. So we don't, I mean, the truth of the matter is, if you're paying attention to that offering prayer, you will clearly recognize Stewardship Month is not one month a year. That's true. 
Just say the offering mm-hmm. prayer, and you mm-hmm. will realize Stewardship Month is every single week. Absolutely. Uh, because it's an acknowledgement that this isn't mine. This isn't all this stuff. I haven't, I'm, you know, look, I'm going to go out and get in my car after worship, and, and yeah. I'm not going to pat myself on the back for all mm-hmm. that I have accomplished. Yeah. God has put me in a position, right, to realize how fortunate I have been. And, I, and I'm going to realize that. I'm going to recognize that. I appreciate that take on it because offering prayer sounds like we used to pass the plate, right? Mm-hmm. And it seemed like it was a lot about did give you, me more. Did you give <laughs> Did you give enough money? We're thankful that you did. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, now yeah. I love it that you can really concentrate on things like um, the ability to work, the mm-hmm. ability to yes. drive, the ability to have a car and yeah, a home and a, thank our you daily for bread. These get yeah, right on. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And we followed that by a song called "The Great Thanks." Giving and here we go again. Mm-hmm. The Lord be with you, and also with you, and also with lift you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up. We lift yeah, them to the exactly. Lord. Exactly. Yeah. Now again, it's so easy. Oh, we say that. Every... No, 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 don't. Then if that's how you don't say it. <laughs> if you're not, we're at, we're, it's it's an ask. We're asking you, right? Yeah. So you just gave your. This is the thing that blows my mind. I don't know how like we we get so disjunct. Yeah. You just gave your envelope. Right? Even though I don't, well, I sent mine by PayPal. Okay, whatever. But you know what I mean. We just yeah. acknowledged the, the time, talent, and treasure mm-hmm. that you have offered up to the Lord, right? Mm-hmm. And now we're going to pretend like this next part is just a flippant matter of course. Yeah. It is not. You gave your offering. Now we are asking you, quite literally, to lift up your heart offer he doesn't just want your thank the money it's about your heart we're up in the ante yes correct we're upping the ante yes the buy-in is just increased pay attention lift up your heart to the lord and then everybody says we lift them do we mean it i don't want to indict anybody i do now (laughs) yeah i I don't want to indict anybody i don't want to give anybody a hard time no but you know pay attention there yeah it's so easy to say i you know i just do i feel the spirit in worship well if if you don't Slow down. Slow and down. And think about what you're yeah. saying. Because yeah. if you say to the minister after they say, lift up your hearts, and you say, we lift them up to the Lord, you better mean what you're saying. Yeah. And then think about the consequences. What does that mean for me to lift up my heart to the Lord? What does it mean to hand over the very core of my being to Christ? Yes. Yes. Because that's that's, 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 <laughs> that's much bigger, bigger than, than the huge. 25 bucks. I, did you understand what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah. It's and about you know allegiance. What? It's about now I'm entering more fully into yes. this. Yeah. Oh, like I'm committed. Amen. I can e- I can easily put twenty bucks in there. Now this to my move my heart. Yes, my yes, whole yes. self. Now you're picking up what I'm That's laying down. That's an offering, right? Right, right on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the idea is truly, and this is I don't mean to be flipping here. No, no, no. Money is the easy way. It's the easy way. You throw it in some good. Yeah. No, it's he doesn't want your money. You want your heart. Mm-hmm. And with that heart. And we say it. We say <laughs> we're it. So right there. We're giving you this opportunity yeah. to live that. Yes. To enact it. But, I mean, if you, it's like a snowball. So we're going to start with the prelude, and, and we have this nice little tiny snowball that we're going to tip off the top of the hill. If you're moistened up enough, if you're, if you're pliable, if you're receptive, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You start rolling down that hill that is the worship service. You start to gather. Yes. Snow. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> right? yeah, yeah. You get to gather. And there's all yeah. this momentum nice. that builds yes. throughout the whole service. And by the end of it, there's this momentum and there's this energy, there's this force 
That's undeniable. Absolutely undeniable. And I would suggest it's impossible. Once it really gets going, it's impossible to turn it back. And if you build up enough momentum rolling down that hill, gathering the snow as you go, it'll take you all the way through the end of the service. You'll go busting out those doors Mm -hmm. at the end of worship, ready to impact the world. So then we sing the holy, holy, holy. And this What's uh, that about? Holy, holy, holy. You know, what, what are we, what are we doing? What? what are we doing there? I would, I'd love to fudge it and tell you that I know exactly what it's all okay, about. Okay, so here's I, what happens. Our good buddy in the Old Testament, one of the prophets. Okay, which one? Isaiah. He has this vision. And the vision involves beholding God in God's glory. And the prophet describes this experience to us. And the prophet says that there are these angels gathered around the divine, the God of the universe, of the cosmos. The angels gathered around, and they are singing. In the heavenly realm, you'll never guess, million bucks, what they're singing. The holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. What the liturgy enables us to do is take the words of those angelic divine beings and put them in our own mouth and echo their refrain, the refrain of the heavenly realm in this earthly realm. And not just for the fun of it, not just because we can, we are doing that for a very specific reason. Because we are convicted that in about five minutes, we too are going to... Amen. Behold the very presence of the divine, and not just on some great throne of glory. Mm-hmm. Oh no! Right there, some goofball from the south side is going to put it in your hand. <laughs> That's right, <laughs> and yeah. say, "This yeah. is for you." Wow! Yeah, wow! And so you take your place right alongside Isaiah, and you say, "I just don't know how the spirit's moving in the service." Wake up! <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Seriously, I mean, th- that's what we're acknowledging. This, this spirit is going to move. You're going to have an encounter, and we're going to give you the historic words that will enable you to give voice yeah. to what this means. That's incredible. Yeah, it is. It absolutely is. And I'm crying. Sitting over here crying. Good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and wow. that's the other thing, right? Th- that's the other thing with the we, we Eurocentric worshipers. Yeah. We get these moments where the tears well up and we say, oh, get a hold of yourself. Why? 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 Where is the spirit leading you? What's breaking loose? What's just happened to you? You surrendered your heart and you realized, oh, that was okay. And more than okay, by surrendering it, I just got the whole world. Given to me freely. Yeah. Holy, holy, holy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. Thanks for this. I mean, this has been fantastic. Your questions have been tremendous. The trivia has been beautiful. It has led us into some tremendous spiritual, uh, spiritually rich ground. Yeah. Yeah. So let's call this the end of uh, okay. The Thanks, first everybody. Part. Yeah. Yeah. Please join us for the second part because it, it's only getting better. It absolutely is. Yeah. I mean, uh, the, the, this is quite the, just been a foretaste of the, of the feast to come. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Wendy. I appreciate Thank your you. time. Take care. <laughs>